0: Me to paraphrase Adele, Andrea Fox, the host of the Age of Plastic podcast. We've reached the end of series nine. This is a roundup episode telling you about all of the guests that we've had on this series. Hopefully, that is going to tempt you if you've been away, you've been busy, into going back and listening to all of those episodes in full. Starting this series with a chat with Garnier, now big companies making changes can have a big impact and you know lots of these big companies their price points mean everyone has access to them so that again uh, affects change in people's behavior uh, spreads knowledge about plastic waste and climate change issues we chatted to Garnier's general manager Emily Byrne and their charity partner Plastics for Change CEO Andrew Almac now here's what Garnier plans to do in the coming years about plastic waste by 2025 we'll get to that goal of having that zero virgin plastic and for everything to be reusable recyclable or compostable now plastics for change is the world's largest and most trusted source of fair trade verified recycled plastic and here's what andrew from plastics for change says is most difficult to recycle
1: the more different types of plastics, the more complex plastics you're using, generally the harder it is to recycle.
0: Kids, they grow up so fast. As lives get back to more pre pandemic levels of busy, Dotter, set up by friends Louise and Sam in Lockdown, wanted to be a space where parents can resell, buy secondhand, And donate to recycle kids' clothes. Here's co-founder Louise.
1: We know that 30% of parents throw kids' clothes straight in the bin and it's because they don't know what to do with them Um, and there's a lack of options. So we thought instead of just offering the ability to sell on kids' clothes, we should also offer the ability to um, donate them or recycle them.
0: Now, lots of plastic full items were created for convenience because people need that. And Dotter, I think, shows that convenience can be done in a better way, not just pre-peeled oranges in a plastic pot. Now, climate change issues and plastic waste can be vast. They can be hard to imagine. And when you're a company with a sustainable outlook like UpCircle, the only brand who did an April Falls that I actually enjoyed this year, uh, you need to take that into account. Here is UpCircle co-founder Anna Brightman.
2: We try to keep it in a, in a small scale by saying things like each face scrub salvages the equivalent of four espresso shots rather than some of the bigger ticket things like the brand, yes, the brand has saved 400 tons of coffee, but wow. how how do you visualize that? It's amazing, but for our customers to know that with each product that they buy, what they themselves are saving, I think is um, it's more tangible, it's more kind of empowering and it, it makes you feel proud of the kind of steps that you're making, I suppose, also to, to support a brand that are doing things beyond the products that they're making.
0: That lovely quote that waste is a design flaw. Do you think the beauty industry is catching up with this idea?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think you actually only have to look at the sort of mainstream TV adverts and the change of messaging in those to see what is now becoming the norm in the beauty industry, which is fantastic. Often, I think that the food industry leads the way. So, you know, the rise of veganism is a perfect example with that. It happened massively in food and then it came to beauty.
0: Some good news connected to this. Boots are banning wet wipes that contain plastic. By the end of this year, 2022, they'll be replaced by plant-based wet wipes. So you will still be able to buy them. It's a good move in the right direction. Now, speaking of plastic alternatives, we spoke to Beyond Plastic. Not only do they have a book, uh, So Long Plastic, they also like to give a platform to loads of plastic alternatives with their awards. Some of the things that they've spotlighted include biodegradable material that looks like ceramic, um, the weight of cardboard, though, all made out of eggshells. They also had a 20-year-old chemistry student Um, who managed to extract microparticles from water, including nanoplastics and microfibers. There's more in their So Long Plastic book. Uh, Talking to me about Beyond Plastic from his home in Frankfurt in Germany is the engineer and entrepreneur and Beyond Plastic founder Ulrich Kraminski.
3: Plastic is a magnificent material and we would not have today's civilization without it, but I see it like a train we have put on a track 70 years ago. It's going to derail if we do not slow it down now. Slowing down means producing and consuming less single-use plastic.
0: Can you explain this phrase that I learned from you, plastaholic?
3: First of all, it should not be confused with pastaholics. <laughs> pastaholics Pasta's are people, <laughs> they are addicted to delicious pasta dishes.
1: All <laughs> the Italians. <laughs>
3: Now, plasterholism is a word we coined to describe our addiction with this magic material. Plastic is so cheap to produce and so convenient to use that we started overusing it. So we turned our society in a throwaway culture.
0: Singing from the age of plastic, pasta-loving playbook there. Now, what do we do with the plastic waste that we already have? Now capture it is the first step, which we heard from Plastics for Change, but then what? We also spoke this series to Cubic, who are the winner of Africa's Startup of the Year. Now their plan is to capture it and turn it into a building.
4: What we really want to be doing as Cubic is not just buying trash and then you know, turning it into buildings. We want to be empowering and keeping these people who are making uh, you know, the world as clean as possible earn a living that is dignified live a life that's dignified but also provide a life for their offsprings and for their future communities a way that can be dignified as well each factory uh, that we built and right now we're thinking of our smallest factory can consume up to 50 tons of plastic every day wow so if you think of how many people it takes to to make that happen it's over 10,000 people oh, gosh Right. You know, when it comes to climate change, the amount of CO2 emissions we can avoid is about 20 million tonnes of CO2 within our growth plan over the next 10 years.
0: That CEO and co-founder Kidus Asfav can find more about that in the episode. Plastic waste, plastic homes. Now, the plastic we can see is much easier to deal with than the plastic that we can't, like microplastics from clothes that end up in the ocean. Here's Dr. Laura Foster, Head of Clean Seas at the Marine Conservation Society. Now, they've begun their Stop Ocean Threads campaign calling for washing machine manufacturers to fit microfiber filters to all new domestic and commercial machines by law by 2023 and retrofit them in commercial machines by 2024.
1: But a third of all the microplastics in the ocean comes from washing our clothes. Mm. So it's a huge kind of percentage, and therefore it's quite impactful that we're we're able to kind of change this. Many people don't realise that when they wash their clothes, many of those clothes are synthetics, and when you wash those, these microplastics are then released through our kind of wastewater system and unfortunately then end up in the ocean So what we kind of want to see is the introduction of washing machine filters that are factory fitted. And and that's really coming back to your earlier point is about lowering that kind of barrier. You know, if if you've got to sort of go, oh, well, I've got this washing machine and then I need to to get this filter. Does it fit? Do I have to have a plumber? Mm -hmm. Can I do this myself? You can already hear that it's really sort of quite that barrier and you sort of go, oh, you know, I won't do it. Uh, It's too complicated. Whereas you know you get your new washing machine and it's just there by default, you're sort of like okay. And then for those that maybe even don't know what it is, you know that they're suddenly engaging this issue, sort of going, oh okay, I understand why that's there.
0: Now could our trips be rated for how sustainable they are? People surveyed said that this knowledge would affect the holidays that they take. Here's Michael Edwards from Explore Worldwide. Now he's their managing director, and they've launched an industry-first carbon rating scale for holidays.
5: Um, mm-hmm. We don't um, we don't manage the airline component, though we do offset and we've, we've, we've been carbon neutral in terms of offsetting and rewilding and other projects for a long time now. Wow. Um, we don't include things like polar trips um, because we haven't been able to assess those, but we will over time. But apart from that, where possible, we've included every element of the trip that we can to come up with what we, we think is a pretty accurate measurement. But of course, the aim is to bring that measurement down. So over time we'll get better and better at uh, assessing the data and bringing those trip scores down.
0: Yeah, and this is something you're sharing with your competitors as well.
5: Absolutely. Uh, the whole idea here is it's great that we've taken the lead on it, but it's not about there's we don't there's no joy in being the leading travel operator in an industry that's uh, emitting so much carbon that ultimately it's going to make people not travel. We're happy to share all of our ip on this it's we're being incredibly transparent we hope all operators adopt similar kind of scoring methodology over time Um, because collectively if we all do that and we all uh, commit to mitigating and having climate action plans that has to be better for travelers and it's certainly better for the for the countries and the planet in which we travel in
0: now i sometimes see the arguments in this space when we talk about issues to do with climate change of well Why not just ban flights when it comes to travel? Or, you know, net zero isn't perfect. Or how can we really have climate justice under capitalism? And they're all big questions and questions we should ask. But I don't know about you. I feel like meet people where they are, which is currently within the capitalist system. Trying to aim for the slightly imperfect net zero and also flying sometimes. There isn't one option or one way that we're going to fix all of this. Waves arms around. So I think we can celebrate small steps, individual action, call out greenwashing, when it happens, and ask better of companies. Let me know if you use the downloadable form I mentioned this series to contact businesses and companies to ask what they're doing about plastic waste and climate issues connected to them. That's available via my website, iamandreafox.co.uk. But I think sometimes picking apart things can maybe leave us feeling a little bit hopeless, and I don't want this podcast to be that or for us all to lose hope. That is where EcoLife Hacks come in. They are something that I always wanted to share that would be something quick and easy you could maybe do that week um, to try and do things a little bit different. Some of the ones that we've featured on this series include how to recycle your lateral flow tests for COVID, Um, to finding recyclable, refillable makeup, which came from a question that we had. Um, Also, I want to mention the Everyday Plastic and Greenpeace Big Plastic Count. This is where you can gather your plastic waste for a week. Hopefully, that data will be used to push the government for a long overdue change. We want to see them reduce single plastic use by 50% by 2025 by switching to reusable options that work for everyone and ban sending our waste to other countries. You can find out more and take part in the big plastic count if you're listening to this before the 16th of May it's going to be the 16th through the 22nd of May There is still a time to join me in taking part and that's it coming up there'll be more guests in the next series let me know what you would like to hear I am trying to plan something special for the 100th episode we're nearly there we are super close so I'd love to read out some of your comments and your emails in the 100th episode details of where to email and where you're listening right now are in the show notes you can also send me an email via instagram age of plastic podcast let me know what you've enjoyed about any episode you've ever listened to of the age of plastic podcast something you've learned something that you are doing or a question Uh, tag me in your socials as well when you are listening and i will see you in a few weeks time for the next series wash everything including your recycling and keep well